praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, it's so good to be here tonight. We just are so thankful. You know, people sometimes will come to a church and they'll walk up to it and say, well, thank you for coming. I always look at them and say, thank you for staying. <laughs> really, we're glad we could come, but we couldn't come if you didn't stay. Hallelujah. And I'm just really, the, the anointing of God is here to strengthen each and every one of you to do the work that God has called you to. I'm just so aware of how there is a joining together of what, so that, you know, the plan of God, don't you get, feel so much stronger when you join yourself to God's plan instead of thinking that he has joined himself to yours? <laughs> you know, you won't be disappointed. I kept, I kept hearing all day direction. Yes. Yes. Direction. Strengthening. Preparing yourself. Yes. For what God's called you to do. You know, when you consecrate yourself, what you're saying is, I'll prepare myself yes. to finish. And we've turned a corner. Yes. In the spirit. Yes, we have. Some of you don't understand what I'm saying. Just keep hanging around people who do. What's it say in Ecclesiastes? I love it. And the New Living Translation, I think, it says, finishing is better than starting. I think the King James says the end of a matter is better than the beginning. But then the next part says, uh, 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 and uh, I forget exactly what it says in the King James, but in the Message Bible it says, staying with it is better than showing out. <laughs> There's something about staying with it. You know, oh, yeah. Some people just like, well, I just want to just do my own thing. Well, staying with it is better than showing out. Yeah, just staying, just staying. And there's a, there's a strength that comes with time. When you get a hold of the vision of God and the best thing that you'll ever hear someone say who's older in the Lord, the best thing you'll ever hear them say is, I did not quit. But that would be Lois. That's the best thing you'll ever hear someone say. There's only one reason you won't quit. It's because you believe more in the strength of the plan of God than you do your weaknesses. I found something out about obeying God. Although you become more sure and more firm, you also become more aware of your own inabilities. And that's, a, that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. It makes you depend because totally it, it, it actually makes him. you much, much better. <laughs> because then what yeah. you give, you give less of who you are yes. and more of who he is. And you know, I, I, just, I just sense that there's been a shift in part of what's mm -hmm. happening is instead of people absorbing their whole life and, you know, using their faith and the word, you know, just to, you know, just to stay free, you know, get free from the, the you know, whatever bondage of the past, whatever, you know, shadow you think's hanging over your head, whatever, you know, cloud and just always kind of using your faith in that direction. Instead of just letting, and really what happens when you do that, it's really, you're still letting the devil kind of steal your time. Yeah. You know, because all you're absorbed with is just trying to handle your trouble, you know, handle your problems. And you just kind of always just kind of trying to, you know, just so I can breathe. But the shift has come instead of just always trying to deal with the past or whatever. You're just shaking that off in the power of what God has done and reaching and pressing for that which is ahead. Reaching for the prize instead of spending all your strength dealing with the past. Those days are over, my brother and sister. I know some of y'all are thinking, you know, you don't know me. No, you just hang on because 
all it takes is one word, one light to break through that darkness. One word and you're walking on the water instead of drowning in a boat. And listen, it's worth Listen, if you have to make a trip for a thousand miles, it's worth one it's word. It's worth it. One kernel of truth that changes your life. It. The trip is worth it. The glory it's of the Lord <laughs> is in this place. You know, I, I heard something really, really strong today and and I'm really not sure. Um, I think this is for some people and for this church. But this is what I'd like for you to do. I'd like for you to uh, just close your eyes. And I want you to listen to this word that came to my heart today. Because if this is for you, I want you to make a declaration in your own heart tonight. You know, I've been praying for the glory to fall tonight so thick it's, it'll be hard for you to run <laughs> or you might be running and fall in it <laughs> but you just listen just close your eyes and you listen because God can speak to you I know you go and you want to listen and grow and learn from other people but Listen on the inside for what God is saying to you. And I heard this so clearly. He said, I will walk with you and I will lead you. And the presence of God shall be mighty around you and upon you. And there shall come a mighty wave of my spirit. And that's why you must not move from what you've learned. And what you know. And what you've known from the very beginning. Don't give in to the compromise that comes from other Christians, other places, or even this world. But stand fast and a mighty revival of all that God has told us shall come to pass. And it is coming to pass right now. Even now reaching into places that you dreamed and some you never dreamed of. It's fire. It's the fire. The fire that Jesus spoke about will increase. So don't look back at the enemy. But keep your eyes set on the table of the Lord. Don't look at other voices. Don't let them come and try to get you off. Get you off of your course. And don't be moved by anything else but the Spirit of God on the inside of you. Listen on the inside. You'll see a witness of the anointing of God coming upon you as you stand to preach, as you start to witness, as you move in faith. The power of God will come upon you as never before. So now just open up and you will flow, flow, flow and that what you've longed for and have been told that's available will be and you'll walk in it that which you've cried for even in the night will be and you'll walk in a peace unmoved by natural things things that seem to look like nothing could be possible Things that before would have hindered you. But now, (laughs) 
you will walk in another place. You'll walk into the best years you've ever known. For you have truly turned a corner. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, kubasi kite ya soko tadi begin de ya. Ikendo buso kendo urasi kite ibambo soda. Ini bingin dosu rasike, ombundung hundari gendes, ongo tarasake. Ombungin derebi ishongo so. Then I heard someone say, but there's that place that you just spoke of that I haven't reached yet. Prepare yourself. Study to show yourself approved. Pray in the Spirit and watch, like the Bible says. Prepare yourself for when those times come upon you, you'll be ready for that new place. It could be in the natural, but it will for sure be in the spirit. We're alive. We're alive. Oh, the purpose of you, Lord. Oh, this is our season. Oh, and we don't take it lightly, Lord. It's our time. <laughs> it's our time to shine. Yes. <laughs> Hebrews eleven thirty nine says, God has us in mind something better and greater in view for us, so that they, those heroes and heroines of faith, should not come to perfection apart from us before we could join them. They can't receive the prize at the end of the race until we finish the race. It was not possible for them to become complete without us. Wow. This is our day. Everybody say, this is my time. This is my day. This is my day. This is the hour. This is the hour of God's glory. Somebody say, Lord, give me something new. And this is speaking to somebody that's here tonight. You came. This is speaking to someone here tonight. The Lord just showed me that you were here. And you said, I, I need something new. And, but I'm telling you by the Spirit of the Holy Ghost, you need not to let go of what He told you from the very beginning. Go back to your first love and what He told you then. And don't let it go. That is still true. And you might be getting that confused when you're talking to him with a fresh anointing.
that's different. You heard from the Spirit of God. You heard His voice. So go back and don't 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 let what others say or do pull you away. For His power, His, his, his presence brings great great anticipation and great love great understanding preach the word <laughs> so don't be confused you got it just regroup fall back on your face and don't be moved by the natural <laughs> oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you for your glory, Father. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. You have something you want to share? You've been, you've been sharing a lot. Did you, did you hit it? Are you going to hit it again? It's like ringing that bell at that fair. Keep, keep trying to... We keep trying to hit that hammer. That's why our meetings are so long. We keep trying to, we keep trying to hit that rubber thing so the bell will ring. And when, maybe we're not so hot in the beginning, but we'll get that bell ringing pretty soon. You know that <laughs> we're trying to ring your bell. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> Hallelujah! <laughs> we're just gonna whack away. So the sooner you get it all, the sooner we can go home. Some of you got it in the run. Some of you got it in dancing. Some of you got it in the word. Some of you got it in the tongues and interpretation. Some of you will get it some other way. But we're just going to keep pounding that thing to boom, do your bell rings. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, because I so want you to see what God has for you. So I want you to see that. And every good leader does. That's what determines a good leader. Somebody said, well, you're different. There's something about you guys. You've always been this way. You, it seems like you never had to work up to it. You just were that way. Because when I read in the Word that you got to tell other people and that they could have it, I didn't care about the method. I was just excited about the message. They called me in to speak to the Ramus singers and, and all their orchestra before one of the nights at Winter Bible Seminar. And I went in there last year, and most of them had never even heard of me. Some of them had. And I went in there and just land blasted them. And they were like, what hit us, you know? And I said, you don't have to work this up. It's just, just you. It's just who you are. <laughs> it's just who you are. You don't have to have a plan. It's just it. You're just Christ in the world. And all you care about more than anything is other people. Someone tried to describe us one time. I know some of y'all have heard this, but some of y'all haven't. We were at a meeting and we were leading some praise and worship. And they looked up and they said to our Sometimes, friend, Mark Hankins. <laughs> sometimes he is, sometimes he's they not. They said... Uh, Depends on how much he sends us. They said, 
Those two girls are not afraid to get ugly for Jesus. Oh, I said, well, at least we got a we got a reason why we look like we look. What is yours? You know. No, I'm just teasing. Remember, really, I didn't say that, you guys, when it comes to offering time. My name is Cindy really, Duvall. There's something about entering into the joy of the Lord. Sometimes people have asked us, you know, we they, well, we're starting our 29th year together. And they say, how do you keep going? Really? I'm just telling you, it has a whole lot to do with keeping your joy. Found out a long time ago. I don't care how great. I don't care how. I don't care what you got. If you can't be happy about doing it. I'm talking about joy. You understand? There's a difference. I'm talking about becoming joy of the Lord. In other words, when you understand the joy of the Lord, it, it actually is a, a great stabilizer in your life. Tell them what we were doing in the office before we walked because out. Because it's always the same. We were just you, want, doing, you want to show and tell? No, well, we Kick were just, off your heels. We were just dancing. <laughs> she just loves to be ugly. Anyway, we were just dancing a little bit. And, you know, it's just something we make our habit. And you say, why do you dance? Well... It says in Psalms 126, he turned my morning into dancing. We were hopping. He turned my morning. And so there's something about, you know, I mean, that's an abrupt change, don't you think? Morning to dancing. He turned my morning into dancing. Gave me new clothes, you know, clothes, a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. And there's just, you know, a few, it's been several months ago. Several months ago, Ray and I, we were, you know, there are many the, things. came that, to the department store tonight. Many things that we were, de- you know, dealing with. And one of them was the conference in France. And, you know, I mean, it was just really, I mean, the only way I could handle it, honestly, the only way I could handle it was to get in the spirit. Because I'd think about it in the natural, and all I'd think about was, well, we're going bankrupt. After 28 years, we're all going bankrupt. <laughs> That's it. I felt like the children of Israel in the desert. <laughs> Billy, Lord, you split the Red Sea. You took us through. You swallowed up our enemy, brought us out into a great place. And Lord, now you got us here in the middle of the desert and with manna, water out of a rock. Give us cl- fire by day or a cloud by day, fire by night. Now this just all stinks. Now, let me tell you this, boy. Lois doesn't know. It was a pastor's wife from California called me and said, I just heard from another pastor's wife. And they called me and they said, do you think Shekinah Glory can really pull this off? <laughs> and she said, yes, I do. Somebody said, if what God's telling you do can't, you know, keep you awake at night, if you don't know how to rest in the Lord, if, if it doesn't keep you awake at night, then you probably hadn't really heard from God. Because, <laughs> I mean, if you can figure out how to do it, all by yourself I'm just telling you that's great I'm glad you got started with something but don't end there you know that's what the children of Israel did they stopped right there in the desert right on the verge and I think it's very interesting that every person who went in every single person who went into the promised land had someone in their family who had died without it Say, well, that's why I can't do it because, you know, Aunt Sarah died or Aunt, you know, Jill, Jill died or, you know, Brother Buddy, he died. Well, you know what? I mean, I, I love them all and I can guarantee you they're not in heaven telling you quit, 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 no, quit, no, quit. They're saying you should have done it louder. They're in heaven saying, go for it, go, go for it, go for it. Go for it. Because they're not in heaven with a defeat. I'm telling you, if no. they know Jesus, they're in heaven with victory. Smiling the whole time. What are you frowning for? 
They're smiling. They're smiling. We got to move in the promise of God. Move in the promise of God. And so, you know, I didn't finish my story because, uh, you know, like Peter and Cornelius, this house, I got interrupted. (laughs) Peter never did finish that sermon in Cornelius' house. He said, well, if I can't finish my sermon, it must not be God because God gave me the sermon. Maybe God gave you the sermon and he'd like to interrupt it. Someone told, said once, I don't believe God would interrupt himself. Well, he sure won't, so why don't you be quiet? <laughs> God will interrupt your sermon. In Acts chapter 10, in fact, when Peter was telling the story to the church in Jerusalem, he said, I like what the message Bible said, he said, I hadn't got a few sentences out until the Holy Ghost fell on them just like us. And they all started speaking in tongues. He said, God gave them the same thing he gave us. He said, I can't withstand this. This is God. God interrupted me with his power. That's exactly what happened. And when the Holy Ghost gets poured out on people, sometimes it's just kind of like, it seems like an interruption. But that's okay. Don't ever try to, 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 to put a fire, put, you know, put out the fire of God. Don't ever, and you say, well, if it's the fire of God, then, you know, it should be able to be, you know, so that people who don't know God will, will, will we don't want to offend them. Well, you just came too late to God to be able to say that. Acts chapter 2, I mean, when the Holy Ghost poured out on them, the Bible says there were people making fun of them, mocking them. They didn't understand them. It was right out there for everybody to see. And God said, just let her fly. Let it fly. And they said, What's happening in Peter? This is the Pentecostal. Uh, uh, this is the power of God on a person. This is how God, the Pentecostal power of God, will actually take what the devil has meant to destroy you and use the power of God to deliver you and make you much more with him than you were without him. Peter, who had denied the Lord three times, not many days before that, three times, denied the Lord, cussed out. Remember, he cussed out that girl. The Bible says he cussed her out. I mean, he was upset. Three times he denied the Lord. But on the day of Pentecost, he got up to preach a message. You say, why did he get up to preach that message? How come he got to preach that message? Number one, he was there. Number two, number two, he had been filled with the power he was testifying about. You cannot testify of something you have not received. He was filled with the funniest thing you'll ever hear is somebody try to explain the power of the Holy Ghost who's never been filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. And he got up and he said, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. He said, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit. In fact, I don't want to misquote him. But he began to preach a sermon inspired by the power he had received. That's the kind of sermons God's going after today. Sermons that are inspired by the same power that gives you the utterance. He inspires the utterance. I'm glad you got a good outline. I got so many outlines. I've written down more stuff than I'll ever remember. Don't misunderstand me. You should study to show yourself approved. A workman who needeth not be ashamed. You can, you always put the word of God first. Always. 
The word of God will testify of the power of God. And the word of God will give you a light that will shine and help you to understand how to flow with the spirit of God. But if you don't know the word of God, you won't understand how to flow with the spirit of God. But if you know the word of God, Peter had walked with Jesus. He had stayed with him and been with him. When others left him, he stayed. He might have had problems, but he made one choice that was greater than all his problems. He made the choice to stay with the very power of the living word of God. And it was that choice that gave him a testimony on the day of Pentecost that took a man who had three denials in his past and he became the preacher of the first Holy Ghost service where over 3,000 were saved. The principle of Pentecost is you can be a thousand times greater with the power of God on your life than you ever were on your worst day. Woo! Come on, y'all. What are you waiting for? Listen, I'm just telling you right now, the Pentecost, listen, like I told you earlier, every book in the New Testament was written by a Pentecostal. Every book. I don't like those books by Pentecostals. They're just a little bit too extreme. Well, you better put your New Testament in the closet because every book in the New Testament was written by someone who had been filled with the power that was given on the day of Pentecost. Whoo, glory to God. They were all there. They were all there. Say, why did it happen to them? Number one, they were there. Some things are more important than others. And the number one choice that you have to make is where you will assemble with those that God has called you to. All Jesus told him was, don't leave. Has he told you that? Oh, wow. Don't leave. Wow. And the ones who said, I won't leave, were the ones who had the testimony of the power of the day of Pentecost. I won't leave. Jesus said, don't leave. Is he asking you that? You say, but it's a little more than I can, you know, I can explain. That's all right. Somebody will get up and help explain it. That's okay. You say, but I don't understand it all. I got news for you. If you turn your back on God and do the things that you think that are going to satisfy your life, I got news for you. You still won't understand it all. You'll end up on Jerry Springer or something trying to get somebody else to explain what you have decided to do with your life. Dr. Phil will be trying to give you, it's amazing to me how people want redemptive power without redemption. You understand, you don't get released from sin except through the blood of Jesus. I don't care how many people help you understand why you did that. The only answer you need is that the devil is a thief and a liar. But Jesus said, I have come. He said, he is a thief and a liar. But he said, I have come. And don't, and don't, don't quit. I have come, even if you fail, don't quit, to give you life and life more abundantly. I was laying on, on my couch today and I was, tears came to my eyes and I said, it took me a long time, but it's so good to be free. Listen, but it happens just like that. He gave you life. More abundantly, in other words, the principle of the power of God is that there is at least a thousand times more evidence of what God has done in your life than there ever.
never was evidence of what the devil has done. You got to rise up in the strength of the hour and do not shrink back. Listen to me, church. This is not an hour where we hide ourselves and hide and try to excuse the power of God. Excuse me. You say, but I don't know how to explain it. Just say, Jesus Christ set me free. We know a pastor today. We know a pastor today. Many years ago, he was lying in a hospital bed because he had overdosed and his friends, after they had left him in the basement a couple days, they thought he was dead. Somebody finally decided to put him on the steps of a hospital and left him, you know, just kind of left him there and they took him in and they, really they thought he was going to die. But this, this girl came into his hospital room. Uh, somebody, she had just been saved. Somebody, she had just been saved uh, not very long at all. And she, he said, he remembers she came into his hospital room and, all, and she just looked at him and she said, Joe, Jesus Christ changed my life. Jesus Christ changed my life. That's all she said. And a drug addict, I mean a man whose mind was totally blown on drugs, was tremendously and powerfully changed. And is a, 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 a he, he goes over overseas and signs and wonders, test, you know, just all, he, when we went to his church several years ago, his walls were filled with, with uh, uh, crutches and canes and walkers and all these things that testified of the release that God had brought to people's lives just because he believed the simple words, Jesus Christ changed my life. You, you're just making a mistake if you're not telling people something because you don't think you know much. Now, don't, don't misunderstand me. Learn the reason that you have been set free. Because what it'll do is it'll give you the weapons that cause you to successfully uh, 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 stand in opposition against all the things the enemy brings against you. Ooh, glory to God. But this is a day of great power. This is a gr day of great power. This is the day when the church brings hope to the world. You don't, I don't need that, but that's all right. If it bothers you, don't, you can pick it up. But I see that. Well, that's all right. Sit back down. But there is a strategic plan from heaven. Thank you so much, dear. There is a strategic plan from heaven to bring hope to the world today. A strategic plan. And as you see this plan unfold in the book of Acts through the lives of the people who were there. Who were there. It didn't happen in the lives of people who said, we ain't quit. We ain't going over there and we're not going to work with the, those people. They just bug me. You better get over it. Cause if you're not here, I'm not going to know about you when I need to know about you. You just got to be here. Don't leave. If you won't leave. You will progress. And as they did not leave, it says in Acts chapter 2 verse 47 that the Lord added to the church. Say, what was the purpose of the day of Pentecost? To add to the church. And he wasn't talking about some theological idea. Listen to me. Every principle of truth in the word of God, God is always attached to a person or people who believe it and express it. That's why the local church is so important. 
So it's not just a library book, you understand. It is a living, breathing presence in this world that brings hope to those who have no hope. In the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2, he added to the church on the day of Pentecost. And in Acts chapter 8, we read about how that Saul persecuted. Persecution in verse 1 came against the church which was at Jerusalem. We're talking about local assemblies who have come together. People, you understand, people who have joined themselves to the plan of God. Like we said last night, the word church, ecclesia, a Greek word, it's not just used to describe the plan of God and the power and the gifts that God has given to his people who have been joined together for his plan it's used to describe a crowd in Acts chapter 19 the same word the same word and I'm telling you without the power of God without the glory of God without the presence of God without the gifts of God all you've got is a crowd but if you yield yourself in obedience to his plan and under the leadership of the one he has gifted to stand in the office of the pastor you understand the local church uh, the position of the local church when you take away the presence of the local church you take away the gifting of the pastor and you cannot mature Sure, without the gifts that God has set in the church. And so he says in Acts chapter 8, persecution rose against the church which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout regions of Judea and Samaria except the apostles. And so he had scattered them. But I got news for you. You can try to scatter the church. But if you scatter it, all you do is spread the light and push back the darkness. Because you cannot stop the plan of God. Persecution may come and it might look like you're going backwards but it's kind of like that story I heard uh, from that, that the man who has the uh, martyrs for what's it called martyrs Voice of the Martyrs, I love, I love that ministry helping the persecuted church throughout the world Woo, I love it. Voice of the martyrs. And he was talking about uh, how they went. They were going into China with Bibles. You know, they were trying to prevent them from going in. And so the Christians who had their Bibles, what they would go and they would walk backwards across the, um, the, 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 the border because when the guards would come and find their footsteps in the snow, they thought they were leaving, but they weren't leaving. They were going in. Ha, 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 I'm the devil. You can persecute us, but you can't stop us. Because you didn't start it. God started it. And the one who started it is right in the middle of it. That's exactly what happened in Acts chapter 9. When Jesus himself uh, 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 comes to Saul on the road to Damascus. Jesus said, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Saul said he was persecuting the church. Jesus, I didn't realize you were involved. Jesus said, that's my place. So I wonder where Jesus is today. He looked at Saul and said, why are you persecuting me? And Saul was persecuting the local church. You understand? He wasn't against a library book. It was people who had received the power and the message of God. And the power of God was in their lives. And they were on display as a testimony that Jesus Christ has whipped the devil. And Saul, a light shone out of heaven. I got news for you. Heaven answers. 
I got news for you. God gets right in the middle of the stuff the devil tries to do to stop the word and the will of God. And I got news for you. If you're in the place that God is in, then just like that guy told them when they took Peter and uh, John and, you know, we're going to beat them and tell them to shut up. That guy said, listen, you better leave them alone. Because if God's with them, then you're going to be fighting against God. Hallelujah. Well, that makes me feel good. That makes me want to do something significant with the position God has given me. Oh, glory to God. But Jesus, it says in, in, uh, I love this, the same light that shone on the road to Damascus that, that, that stopped Saul. I mean, literally in the middle. I mean, you talk about a turnaround. On a road that he had determined would be a road filled with the blood and the lives of those who were named the church of Jesus Christ. It became a road that forever testified of the man who most built the church of Jesus Christ. Because of the light that shone out of heaven. Light. And in Acts chapter 10, Peter, a leader in the church... Was on a rooftop. And the same light came and dropped a big picnic lunch right on his rooftop. And said, you need to partake of this. He said, I got issues with that stuff, Lord. I have issues with that. I just, that is not something I normally do. And I love what the message Bible says about what God told him to do. If God says it's okay, it's okay. Peter said, but I'm not used to that. And three times God said, you may not be used to it, but you better get used to it. Because it's my plan, Peter. And it was kind of like, I mean, it's like God said, Peter, you either become my plan or you live in your plan. And if you want to live in your plan, then the last significant thing you'll ever do is preach on the day of Pentecost. Now that was significant, but that was just the beginning. Lester Summerall used to always say, most Christians live and die in the revelation they entered into, the first revelation they entered into. They hardly ever progress along that, uh, beyond that. Why? Because it's just something about your natural life that likes to know what's coming. And God's God all by himself. And there are a lot of things he wants to do that's going to just have, you're just going to have to just walk by faith. You know, you are saved by grace, but you don't live by grace. You live by faith. Now, grace is what gives you a place in the, and, and, and you know, you got a place in God's grace and you take a hold of that place by faith. So you can just fill up all you want on the grace of God, but someday, brother, you're going to have to get up and walk by faith. And so it says in Acts chapter 11, I love this part. I'm just taking you through. Is this all right with y'all? Because you got to understand the plan of God for today. The book of Acts, there's no the end at the book of Acts. How many of y'all believe we're living in the book of Acts? How many of you believe this is not just, you know, the early church. That was the first church. And now we have come into the hour 
that they opened up for us. What are you opening up? You're opening up the same significance of the day of Pentecost is here today, my brothers and sisters. And in Acts chapter 11, the, after they had been scattered and after Cornelius and Peter had had their, uh, their rooftop meeting and Peter's preaching and Cornelius' house and he gets interrupted by the power of God. I love it. By the power, they say, well, that was the day of Pentecost. Well, now it's the day at Cornelius' house. And the same power that fell in at the day of Pentecost is now falling in Cornelius' house. And everyone there is filled with the same power that was, that was, uh, that Jesus ascended to the right hand of the Father and said, it's time. Come on. The same power. He's at the right hand of the Father today. And he's looking for those who are saying, we're here, Lord. And in Acts chapter 10, and they were all filled with the power, the same power and the light and the glory of power of God now was released. It wasn't, no longer was not, it could not be contained in the Jerusalem church. You understand? The Jerusalem church was powerful. But listen to me. The church was the plan of heaven. And it wasn't just one one place. But it was for every place. Colossians 1.27 says it well. It's the hope of the world. And so in Acts chapter 11, those who had been scattered had been preaching. And as they preached, the power of God came into a, uh, uh, to the, to the areas where they went. And in Acts chapter 11, in verse 19, they were preaching the word. And as they preached the word, the Lord Jesus, the hand of the Lord was with them. 21, a great number believed. And the news of these things came to the church in Jerusalem. How many of y'all can see that the power of God and the plan of God is channeled through those who are in the church of God. Do you see that? Listen. Every person in the Bible. Who was seeking God. Had to come into contact. With a church member. Who knew the God they were seeking. Every person. Every single person. I wrote down a bunch of them. Every person. Do you need those? I wrote down a, a, a person. Well, 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 somebody said when somebody doesn't know what else to say, they just say praise the Lord. And I thought, well, if that's all you know to say when you don't know anything else to say, that's better than saying, you know, a lot of times when people get uh, surprised, words start coming out. And if the words that come out of you are praise the Lord, I think that's all right. I think that's fine. Say it over and over. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Praise the Lord. Well, anyway, so in Acts chapter 11, they, they went into Antioch and the, the, they came, uh, the church from Jerusalem came to Antioch and it says in verse 23, they sent down uh, Barnabas and when he saw the grace of God, he was glad. There's something about people that understand the grace of God. They just cannot stay sad. He was glad. And he says it encouraged them all that with purpose of heart, they should continue with the Lord. Sounds like he was telling them, Stay here. Sounds like he was telling them, don't leave this place. That they should continue with the Lord. He was a good man full of the Holy Spirit of faith. A great many people were added to the Lord. Barnabas departed to get Saul. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. And for a whole year, a whole year, what did Paul, Saul at this point, and Barnabas do? Look what it says they did in verse 26. They assembled with the church. Wonder 
why Barnabas and Saul were the first two people who ever got sent out on a missionary journey. I wonder why. Do you think it just happened by accident? No, no. It happened because of where they chose to be. They assembled with the church. Some assembly is required. I found out something about assembling with the church. Hebrews chapter 10 says, it says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Even more so as you see the day approaching. And the verse before it says, consider one another to stir up love and good works. There's some things in your life, some gifts and abilities that God's put there that unless you get with the people God has called you to, they'll stay hidden. Because the purpose of those things will be misunderstood if you're not in the place where they are given to. You'll misunderstand the purpose of them. But Barnabas and Saul assembled together with the church. And this church, the church in Antioch, became the church that was most responsible for taking the gospel into all the world. Wow. A church that took up the call and cause of the power of the gospel for their hour. Peter in prison in Acts chapter 12. But the church prayed. Glory to God. And he had a jailhouse rock. Why? Because the church prayed. When the church takes a hold of the plan of God. I don't care where it is. I don't care who it is. When things change here, it moves things out there. Do y'all believe it? Do you believe it? It says in, in, and so in Acts chapter 13, when, uh, what happened to my other piece of paper? Did you take it? I don't see any paper. What happened to Cindy? Did you take that other piece of paper? I can't find my own. You can't find your, oh, there it is. There it is. Hang on a minute. I don't want to show those to you. It'll scare you. You see those papers, you'll think, oh Lord, oh Lord, what is she doing? Oh, here it is. Here it is. Glory to God. Glory to God. In Acts chapter 13. Look what it says here. You say, how's God going to get his plan going in our community, in our hour? In Acts chapter 13, verse 1. It was now in the church that was at Antioch. In the what? Church. Oh, it doesn't just say now it was at Antioch. It was in the church that was in Antioch. You say, well, you know, Jesus is just here in Craig, Colorado. Well, you know, you know, there's a truth to that. But really, if you want to understand who Jesus is and what he's doing today, you got to go to the church in Craig, Colorado. I'm leaving tomorrow, so praise the Lord. It says, uh, in the church... There were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas and different ones. And it says, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said. What the Holy Ghost? Where Who did he say it to? The church. Who did he say it to? He said it to the church. What does he say in Revelation chapter uh, where he talks about the churches in Revelation seven times? He says, does anybody hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the churches? Can anybody hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying? Well, you say, I can't hear what he's saying. He's saying it to the churches. Hallelujah. The most important decision, Christian, that you will make in order to be a part of the plan of God is the decision you make about your local church. 
the most important one. I know lots of people, lots of people, and you probably do too. They love God. They're sincere. They actually have something God has called and placed uh, them in the body to do. Some are more talented than us. And yet, <laughs> some, some. <laughs> most, and yet, they spend all of their time when you talk to them. Instead of a person who is talking to you about moving forward in faith and reaching for that prize and moving out in the place God called them, most of the time they're talking about their own difficulties, their own troubles, their own issues, all the things that's going on in their life because they have made the decision to be the voice in their life. The greatest voice they ever hear is their own, and that's their mistake. Because Jesus said, they are not scattered because they don't hear the voice of an evangelist. They're scattered because they have no shepherd. Like sheep without a shepherd. Oh, but this is the hour of the people of God who refuse to be in the place of, of powerlessness and that which does not make a, a, a stand for the things of God. They have given themselves a voice in this world because they have said, Jesus, you are in your church. Look at this now. Three missionary journeys in the book of Acts. Three that define how God wants to reach the world. Three of them in Acts chapter 13. The first missionary journey as we just read. Starts from a word from the Holy Ghost that was given to a local church. Listen. Listen in Acts chapter 15 in verse 22 in Jerusalem. There's direction given to the church in Antioch that continues to keep the gospel message going into all the world. And in Acts chapter 16, there is a, a, the, the church. Let me read you this. I want to get this right. In Acts chapter uh, uh, 15 verse 36, the second missionary journey is taken up. And Paul says, I'll read it to you exactly what he says. In Acts chapter 15 verse Verse 36, he says to Barnabas, let us now go back and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached and see the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. And in verse 41, he went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. The second missionary journey was established for the purpose of strengthening the local church. Woo, glory to God. The call for world evangelism came from the local church in Acts 13. And in Acts chapter 15, it was continued and established by the church. And then we get over to Acts chapter 18, I believe it is. Hang on here because I'm looking at my paper. Yeah, there you go. Acts chapter 18, verse 22. I don't know about you, but it just makes me just... It just is such a, it's hard to act normal when you start reading about the church. And it says in Acts chapter 18, verse 22, in the third missionary journey, when he had landed in Caesarea, he went up and he greeted the church. And he went down to Antioch. Anybody know what was happening in Antioch? A group of people. It says in Antioch, it's where they were first called Christians. A group of people stayed there 
Remember what he said in Acts chapter 11? Don't continue in this. Don't just get something and move out. Continue in this. And in Acts 18, on the third missionary journey, they were still there. You got to stay there. You got to stay to testify of the plan of God and the power of God to your generation. They strengthening all the disciples, it says in verse 23. In other words, because of the power of the church, there wasn't just people who were converts. They were disciples. They were pupils. They knew the truth. And they were not only set free, They stayed free. Hallelujah. And then in Acts chapter 20, verse 17. These are the last words that the Apostle Paul, the last words that he speaks. You know, it's kind of like what people put on their tombstone. You know, they said a lot of things in their life. But many times, a lot of people who weren't close to that person the only things that they have, the only words they have to re- remind them of the significance of their life are the words that are on their tombstone. The last words they speak. And in Acts chapter 20, verse 17, he speaks to the leaders of the church, of the church. The elders, the leaders of the church. I told you Sunday morning, it is a documented fact that the people who are martyred the most, when people come to stop the plan of God, just like in Acts chapter 8, when Saul of Tarsus went to to persecute the church, the people that they go after most of the time are the leaders. Because if they can silence the leaders, then the sheep will scatter. And in Acts chapter 20, verse 17, the last words he, he speaks to the leaders of the church. He says in verse 28, I love these words. He says, therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Ghost has made you an overseer to shepherd the church of God. Which he purchased with his own blood. For I know this after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock from also from among yourselves. Men will rise up speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after themselves. Therefore watch. And remember that for three years I did not cease to warn everyone night and day. So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Notice he's talking to leaders of the church. He says, shepherd the church of God. Shepherd, he says, over which the Holy Ghost has made you an overseer. Take heed to yourselves. The word heed means to bring put it in the word in the Greek literally means to put it in another uh, 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 Bible commentary said it literally means to bring this ship to the land sounds to me like you're on a course you got a destination 
You're not just out here, just a group, a crowd gathering for some insignificant purpose. You are on a course that has been set by the Spirit of God. And He said, now, no matter what else you do, take heed to yourselves and to the sheep over which the Holy Ghost has made you an overseer. Bring this ship to land. In other words, He said, finish your course. Finish your course. Because if you don't finish your course, the world has no hope. But if you will do that, which you have been set in this earth to do, be the church of Jesus Christ. Just be there. Don't leave. There is a plan, a course that has come from heaven and it will bring world evangelism. Evangelism begins in the church. It is the work of the church and it ends up adding to the church. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. You say it's going to cost me my life if I do that. I think that's why the only words, the only words that are in red, I believe the only ones that are in red in the book of Acts, you know, the red words, what did Jesse Duplantis says? It's God's hot sauce. <laughs> uh, the only words in red in the book of Acts are founding, are found in verse 35 of this, of this chapter, Acts chapter 20. And their words, the reason they're in red is because literally they are words that are quoted as Jesus spoke them. And he's looking at people who are choosing to bring this ship to land. And he says, remember, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Remember the words that Jesus spoke. There's no record of those words in the Gospels. I wonder if those are the words that he spoke to Paul when he had given himself to the plan of God. And he said, Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? He summed it up. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Bring this ship to land. Stay the course. Finish the, 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 the map that the Holy Ghost has given you. Follow it and finish. And the world will be saved. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We hope you've enjoyed this message by Lois Toucher and Cindy Duvall of Shekinah Glory Ministries. For more information about Shekinah Glory, log on to our website at www.shekinahglory.com. There you'll find our entire catalog of teaching materials, music CDs, and books, all available for online purchase. The website also offers our daily devotional, updates from the road, and our ministry itinerary so you can pray for us as we travel throughout the United States and overseas. You can also join our mailing list in order to receive regular newsletter updates of ongoing ministry projects. Thank you and God bless you for your support of Shekinah Glory Ministries. We couldn't do it without you. Truly, the knowledge of the glory of the Lord shall fill all the earth. This is Ray Toucher speaking for Shekinah Glory Ministries. Thank you and God bless you.